0: Hi, everyone. Before we go into the podcast, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'm super grateful for your continued loyalty and support. If you could do me a quick favour, if you could give me a review on Apple Podcasts, it really helps the algorithm and it will help this podcast go up the lists. If there are any subjects or topics that you want me to cover, uh, then please do reach out to me on uh, DM on LinkedIn, and I will do my best to find the best guest for that subject or topic. This is the Absolute Business Mindset Podcast, created and hosted by Mark Hayward. This podcast will interview entrepreneurs, business owners, and people in their careers we will delve into the journey to success, key life milestones and go deep into the area of expertise. This podcast will inspire and educate with great guests. Get ready to learn from others' successes and failures. Today we have Amira Alvarez. Hello Amira, how are you?
1: I'm fantastic, how are you Mark?
0: I'm doing all right, thank you. Thank you for joining me. Um, So we're just going to go straight into the unstoppable woman brand i think it's fantastic when i was doing my research it was super impressive i love your website but why don't you tell me what it is and sort of how it sort of how it was created
1: Absolutely. So fundamentally, I work with women entrepreneurs and small business owners, helping them scale their business. That's the that's the mission. That's the the impact that we want to to help people have in this world. And and I have a really strong, strong stance that if you don't know how to create the money that you want to create in this world, you are always going to feel trapped in some fashion. You, you, Money is a tool. Money is something that we use to grow our lives and have more and expand more and do our work in this world. It's the currency that we fundamentally use in the, the Western industrialized world to, to grow yep. our lives. Yep. And we can have emotional growth and we can have spiritual growth. And that's actually part and parcel in my world of how you grow your income as well so I integrate freedom looking at freedom and how to have that from all those different angles
0: yeah because it's it's a big a big part of your 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 setup is making people financially free isn't it what would you I know this sounds it sounds a bit of an obvious question but what is financially free, and and how, what tactics, what what tools do you use to be able to help people be financially free?
1: So, financially free is different for for everyone. It depends on your lifestyle, it depends on what you want to be doing in this world. Personally, my my experience of financial freedom had less to do. I know this is shocking. Less to do with the amount of money I was making, but had more to do with my ability to create the the outcomes that i wanted and not to feel constrained in this world now as as you grow into more right you grow your life you grow your business you have bigger desires so you want to to experience more maybe it's a uh a bigger vacation or a bigger house or a second house, or or you want to send your kids to a nicer school. There are things that people want. Mm. As your, your want list gets bigger, you need to make more to have a sense of freedom. But fundamentally, I think on the financial side, it's not having to feel constrained when you're making it uh, buying decision. Like I just wanted to buy what I wanted to buy. Right. Like I just wanted to be able to do what I wanted to do in this world. That felt to me like financial freedom, but then, you know, the nuance under that Mark is this idea that if, if you can be rich and you cannot feel free. Okay. Because you don't know how to create money. You don't know where it comes from. It feels random. It feels chaotic. It, you don't have any control over your cash flow, Um, you you feel constantly like you're trying to keep up and and um you're juggling everything and and it feels like a random universe rather than you being at the center of it being able to to call the shots and create what you want whenever you want it and and that's what i love to teach people how to do
0: yeah so we let's talk about growth in a minute but my first this is a bit of a trivial question but I think it's quite fun so when you became financially free what's the first thing that you bought materially or 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 it could be it could be private educated school or it could be a holiday what was it what was the first thing you bought
1: so I'm not going to answer this question the way you want me to answer it (laughs) but I'm going to answer it truthfully which is that I didn't get to feel financially free like after I did the big quantum leap in my revenue and my income. It wasn't like, okay, I got there and let me go buy this thing, okay? Right. It was every step along the way, challenging myself to treat myself a little bit better. And for me, and I think a lot of women might, might relate to this, and, and I have a lot of men who listen to my teachings and follow me as well. The, the You know, in the beginning, I, it was like, can I get a manicure? Am I like, can't, it was like a really small, uh, expenditure. And in my head, I remember, I mean, I remember pacing back and forth across the street from the, the nail salon deciding whether I could, you know, I'm in the U S. So it was like $45, which to me was like, am I worth that? Is that frivolous? Can I spend that? I started like thinking about my husband. What would he think if I spent that money? Like, He didn't care. He would, he would be like totally great about it, but it was me not taking personal responsibility for how i treated myself and 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 my own worthiness level. and so it really started with these small micro decisions at a very sort of incremental level. so it was like getting my nails done, buying slightly nicer clothes, going to the hair salon and and actually not using box hair color but getting someone to color my hair. it was start, then it was like flying first class, then it was having a stylist, right? and it was this incremental. I stretched myself. It didn't feel right or good to me. It felt wrong. It felt frivolous. It felt like I was being, um, uh, you know, not a good uh, manager of my money. Mm -hmm. Like, how could you do that? You're not making enough. But every time I spent a little bit more, it challenged me to make more. And I held myself to that higher standard. And I put a demand on myself and my business. And I, I kept growing that way.
0: How did you make your quantum leap? You talked about this and I've, on the research. That I found you, 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 you got growth very quickly. How did you manage? How did you manage to do that?
1: Yeah, I went from, you know, my third year in business as a solo entrepreneur, I probably had a VA, but that was really it. Uh, as a solo entrepreneur, I, I was making 138K. And that year I had this big wake up moment, Mark, where I was, it was like the end of a work day. I think a lot of your, your listeners will, relate to this as entrepreneurs, we always have that to-do list. Like it's never freaking ending, right? Yeah. It's like, you can't, you can't truly get ahead because your ideas just grow and grow and grow. And you, you know, you want to do more, but anyways, it was at the end of a work day, probably gotten up at, you know, five 30 or six in the morning. And, um, and it was probably seven o'clock at night. And my then husband called upstairs and was like, Hey babe, come down, for dinner dinner's ready and i was like okay i'll be right there i'm just gonna get one more thing done like in an hour later mark he's like i'm starting and 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 i i felt bad he didn't guilt me or anything but it, it was a wake-up moment right like mm-hmm. how can i actually grow my business there are no more hours in the day mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working as hard as i can i can go and i had one i had really like one strategy because i had this sp- well two strategies i had the spaghetti strategy which was throw everything at the wall and see what sticks okay huh. And then I had the work hard strategy and I couldn't work any harder. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know, like I knew I could learn the key strategies, but I couldn't work any harder. So, okay. So that's the framework. That Mm -hmm. year I studied success. I was like, okay, everyone has the same 24 hours in the day. Mm -hmm. Richard Branson, Sarah Blakely, Oprah Winfrey, Beyonce, they have the same 24 hours in the day. If they can do it, I can do it. Like what's different about their approach. And I think that's an important question. Cause I think the subtext for most people is like that we're somehow faulty or limited and we don't have what it takes to, to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you ask a better question, which is like, if they can do it, I can do it. What are they doing? And you hold yourself to those standards, then you can figure it out. So in, in, to answer your specific question, I did three things that year. I hired a really high level mentor that could see from a different level of awareness than I did because I was in the forest for the trees and I couldn't see, but I couldn't see. And, and, and I made a promise to myself that I would do everything that I was told to do as quickly as possible, that, that I wasn't going to second guess or DIY it. I was going to just follow the plan. Let's let's go. Mm. Second thing was I studied success And in particular, I studied what successful people did, and I studied the universal laws of success, which I now teach in depth, and they help make order out of the chaos that is life and business. Hmm. And then on a tactical level, Mark, there's only three ways. I figured this out for myself. There are only three ways to make more money in business. And it's super simple, right? It's raise your prices, sell more quantity, more widgets, right? Or add a new channel of income. And every business strategy fits in one of those three categories. So mm. I did number one and number three. I raised my prices and I added a new channel of income. And and then, you know, all the other things that you know, you need to learn how to do marketing, you need to learn how to do sales. I had to really work on my mindset, my self-image, who, like, that whole bit about worthiness, I had to really... Feel worthy of making more money. So many women that I work with, so many clients that I have will be like, can I really charge that? Like, is it worth that? Is the value there? And, And you have to really work on how you see yourself to be able to receive at a higher level.
0: We'll be back after a quick break. and you say you, you you said earlier that you have a spiritual element and uh and obviously a financial element so just give me a so do, do you do court you do a course do you whether you help people do or is it just coaching not just coaching but is it coaching
1: i do i do a number of different things our, our flagship program is called The Spirit of Wealth Mastermind and Masterclass. And it's for women entrepreneurs. It's for for people who are just in that liftoff stage and also up to people who are multi-millionaires. So it, it works at every level. It's it's The concept is how do you create order out of chaos? How do you really change your self-image so that it keeps up with your goals and desires and that you're constantly on your your, your edge, your stretch edge, your, and you're going for those bigger goals that you, you create those goals because they feel ju- juicy, but you question like, how am I ever going to make that happen? How is that possible? Like that year that I made the quantum leap mark, my goal was to make a million dollars it hooked me. I was in love with that goal. I am not ashamed to say it was a financial goal. I was like, I just want to fricking make a million dollars. That sounded really sexy to me. Mm -hmm. Okay. It sounded really exciting to me, but I had no idea how I was going to make that. The the year before I had made 138 K like that is a huge leap. How do you grow your business like that? And instead of going, I can't do that. I was like, okay, how can I do that? How can I do that? And that year I went from 138 to 700 K That's a five times income growth. And so it required that I, I I pick a stretch goal that seemed impossible. And yes, I want to acknowledge out loud. I did not make a million dollars that year, right? That was my goal. I did not make it. Okay. However, if I had picked what would have seemed like a reasonable goal, let's go from 138 to 200. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's a, that's a pretty big increase. And I think I could do that. I would have never gotten to 700 K. Okay. So, so this flagship program teaches people how to use this, this methodology, this, the universal laws to really claim those big goals, stay the course and create at a much higher level because there's a, there's a way to create that everyone is doing but they don't understand how it works and if you can understand how it works, you can apply it to these bigger goals and then you get these bigger results.
0: Fantastic. All right. We'll come back to this a little bit later in, in the, in the, uh, in the podcast, but I'm going to go back to, to your degree. So we're going to jump around a little bit. So you did an anthropology degree.
1: Yes. No one ever asked me about that, Mark. Thank you for asking. It's, <laughs> a, it's, like, it's like, it's so far in the past. Like what does that have to do with anything? But well, it does.
0: Right. Well, t- Yeah, exactly. Tell, tell me about it. I, I, and, and, and how has it helped in business? So the two-part question. What is it? Let's explain to everyone. And uh and has it helped in business?
1: It it absolutely has helped me in business, and and I'll tell you exactly how. So it was a it was a degree in cultural anthropology. So there's different aspects of it. This was studying, it was like ethnography, it was it was studying how different uh, societies and cultures live and, and work and and all that and my specialty was on, in medical anthropology, which has no bearing on anything that I do right now. However, my, my study of cultures gave me a real keen, two things, real keen sense that not everyone was the same, right? We have commonalities in these ways, but then we, we are, are different. And to use that idea of perspective it's very important in business. Like if you can understand that not everyone has the same perspective as you and shift the relative view that you use. So law of relativity says nothing is big or small, large or 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 you know, taller, large, tall, taller short, you know, until you compare it to something else. And mm. that's your that's your perspective. And so if you understand that there are so many different perspectives in life and then you bring that to business and you go, okay, well, that was an epic fail. Well, compared to what, okay? That's how you move through. So the, the brand is the unstoppable woman because guess what? You're in business. You're gonna make mistakes. If you're on your growth edge and you're moving quickly, you're taking risks, there's gonna be mistakes, right? There, there, there is all the time. But if you look at it and you shame yourself and you guilt yourself, that's one perspective. But if you look at it and you go, what did I learn? What was the lesson here? What am I comparing this to? Comparing this to not having done it at all. Oh, well, I did move the needle, you know, five five degrees further along. That's, that's progress. That keeps you motivated. That keeps you, I know it sounds a little Pollyannish, but we need to manage our mindset in order to keep acting. Otherwise, it's like five days under the cover feeling guilt and shame and you're not you're not growing your business. You're not making sales. You're not doing podcasts. You're not doing your marketing. You're not out there being visible, speaking on stage, Whatever your 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 thing is in this world, you're you're kept from that. So, long story short, it taught me a lot about perspective, and it taught me a lot about people.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and um, I would agree with the cultural reference because all 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 businesses, all, all of all communities, all cultures are based on. On their cultural unity and and what differences as well as the similarities that it make, okay fantastic um so then you you started your career as a project manager
1: Dad, you did your research
0: i did <laughs> uh, and so how did you move from anthropology into project management, which is quite a generic sort of part of business and you could project manage any area but how, how did you move from there to there?
1: Okay I'm going to try and make this a short story but you can ask me as many questions as you want. <laughs> hey, so really. when I graduated from UC Berkeley I was the smarty pants and I got the the great kudos from my professors and got hired as a research assistant for a position that would be normally for like a graduate student and I had just finished undergraduate and I worked that part-time and I worked in a uh, like an ethnic arts store, right? Like the um, anthropology world, right? Yeah. And I hated the research position. Uh-huh. It was terrible. And I was like, uh. so I quit that job. I was doing this, this shop girl thing. And I realized that I would be, this was in California, that I would be sad if I didn't live out going to New York and living in New York Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like, what if I got married in white picket fence and like, this was like uh, not lived out. So I quit my job and I moved and then there was a trip to Berlin and then I ran out of money and I was like, okay, I'm coming, coming home. Cause I didn't want to be a nanny in Berlin. Like I was in my early twenties. This was like, you know, what, what, what were my options there? And so I, uh, I came back to the Bay area, I had $70 in my bank account and I started temping. And I, I started temping out this software company and uh, Lori Allen, the head of HR hired me. She came out to the reception desk and she said, I want you to be our receptionist, sign this paper. I want to hire you today so that you get stock options. And I had no idea what stock options were. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was like three weeks into this job. I'm like, okay. And Anyways, I started, I, I was committed to this company. I loved this company and I grew with this company and I just kept going up the the chain of the ladder, if you will. And I started doing project management within that company and then consulting and doing it for um, other software companies. And it just grew from there. And it, it really, uh, the, the lesson that I'd love to share with the The listeners is that I followed the breadcrumbs of desire. That is one of the things that has served me really well in my life and my business, that I didn't want to stay in that research job, even though it was the right thing to do. It was the right career move. And I followed desire and it led me where I wanted to go. And it's kept leading me in the right direction. And if you can trust that and act on it, you'll be in a much better place.
0: It's not a question I ask a lot of my guests, but it sounds to me there's an element of spirituality in in, in yourself and how you that the way you describe that is that you felt there was not necessarily a calling, but you, you you followed the breadcrumbs that were were there. Is there a spiritual element in in your life in in your business?
1: Very very much so, very strongly. So I, I didn't grow up with religion, and so. I, I think religion does a number of things. Some people feel very constrained by it, but some people really, really are, are, are served well by it because it gives a structure for how to make decisions and how to live your life in, in many ways. And, but I didn't grow up with that. I had a atheist father, for instance. Okay. And he's actually quite spiritual, but he didn't raise us yeah. that way. Okay. <laughs> um, so when I was in that year where I made my big quantum leap, I started studying these spiritual laws of success and they really helped me understand how the world worked. And the, there are laws that you learn from a mentor. Like you can read a book, there's books that you can read, but I really, and I did, I spent hours every day reading. Like it was part of my commitment to myself, it, but, but beyond reading and beyond working with the mentor, uh, and the important piece about working with a mentor is that you're, you're, if you just do the reading, you're reading it from your level of awareness that you're current at, currently at, and you won't see things that you will get if you work with a mentor who can explain these kinds of things. And that's, that's one of the things that I do in our, our podcast, the, the Unstoppable Woman is like, I, I work with these spiritual laws, and I explain them, and I give this, this perspective to people. And, and, and then what I do is I help people, and I, I did this for myself well, how do you apply them? Like the law of relativity, like the law of cause and effect, like the law of perpetual transmutation of energy. There are spiritual laws that are also seen in the natural world, okay? Science can, can articulate them as well. But one of the biggest laws that, from a spiritual perspective, that I really uh, got and started to, to live was this, the law of more life, which says that we're put here on earth to grow, that God, spirit, source, infinite intelligence works through us, through our growth, that it wants to grow through us and serve the world through us, but we have to grow in order for it to work through us. So if we are saying no to our growth, doing the reasonable thing, the practical thing, but not our true desire, we're not actually growing in the right direction. So we all have this spiritual seed that we're, you're, we're born with. It's our spiritual DNA and it wants to grow. Yeah.
0: That's fascinating. It's fascinating. I was talking to someone who uh, on on my podcast um, last week and we were talking about um, how, so I was taught, talk- I was, it, it was a bit of a random, it was the second interview that I did with this guy and it's a bit more of a random one, which will be out in a couple of weeks, but we were talking about sort of a, a vibration, sort of feeling that, that people give off. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that in the 1950s there was research being done. Physics, physicists, and 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 and, and other scientists were, were trying to study this idea of resonance and sort of connectivity with other people. And it that is what you were talking about there, about growth and about how you your aura and, and, and it, it sounds very similar. And I think there's like where we were we were saying on the podcast that we don't know where that's gone where where did all the research that was being done on building that sort of idea of of vibration between people and connectivity that you can do with people and it sounds to me what you're talking about about spiritual growth and and sort of evolving and and sort of changing and adapting is all done through the spirit of god or spirit of the higher higher meaning um so yeah, that's really interesting. As I say, like this this connection idea, I think is really fascinating because you, you kind of get that with people. You can yeah. meet people the first time, and there's some there's a connection there. Um, sorry, a bit of a ramble, but my question that's is: okay. do you think do you think that's do you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. So the law of vibration says that everything in this universe vibrates okay it it just does and you might not see it like this podcast mic you can't see the the cells vibrating but they yeah. are right the atoms are vibrating right like the, the there's vibration happening and everything takes the form at, at a different vibrational level let me say that differently the frequency at which something vibrates creates the form okay so water vibrates at a particular Frequency And it's water. But if you heat it up, mm. it turns into steam and mm. it's, we've changed its vibration. Mm. So we vibrate at different frequencies. Mm. So when, and in as I vibrate at a different frequency than you, everyone's unique, but also, you know, your good days and your bad days, those are different frequencies. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the law of vibration says that everything in the universe vibrates. And, you, and, and attracts the, the things at the same vibration, mm. okay? So mm. there's an idea that's in a, a vibration as well. Okay, so things vibrate, but mm. ideas vibrate, okay. okay? So if you, I don't know what your income goal is, but if your income goal is, let's use mine from in the past, right? If it was a million dollars. Having an idea to make a million dollars vibrates at a different level than an idea to make 200K or 60K, okay? Mm. Mm. It's a different vibrational level. That that energy of that idea vibrates at a different level. Mm. If you continue to imagine, meaning think about this thing that's an idea that isn't yet in form, but Mm. you can imagine it, it puts you at that vibrational level. And Mm. then- the ways and the means to achieve that idea come to you because that Mm -hmm. is what is attracted to that vibrational level. Things are at frequency levels and Mm -hmm. everything in the world is connected through these these levels of frequency. Nothing is not connected. Mm -hmm. But if you want to connect to the the ways and the means of doing something at at a higher level, you have to put yourself there and you can do this through your imagination.
0: Amazing. And I suppose that's where visualization and things like that come in as as primary roles of being able to to sort of imagine what you want to achieve, whatever that goal is, whether it's financial or spiritual. That's so interesting. Thank you very much. Um, So we're going to dot around your career a little bit now. And uh, you then got involved in real estate, in property.
1: Oh, very, very briefly. That was mostly... That was mostly my ex-husband. I supported him in that and encouraged him in that, and I was, a, you know, partner signed signing on the the dotted line for the the the. Um, though I did do real estate project management, maybe that's what you're referring oh, okay. to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, for for I, I ran the the operations department of the software company, building out new real estate, uh, you know, office things for them. Okay. Okay.
0: All right. Let's keep going then. Um, and uh, you then we're a coach you're a you're a teacher and you you did business coaching so so i'm a business coach as well i'm i'm very so although i i am spiritual i i define my coaching very much as business coaching so i help startups and small businesses build their business and uh i mean i'm interested so my as i say i i Obviously, there's you get involved in people's personal life to an extent. You need to understand what their values are, what they are, what their core is before you can give them advice on where they want their business to go. Um, But what what did you learn as as a as a pure business coach then? We'll be back after a quick break.
1: Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. So I think I'm with you. I don't know that I have ever been a pure business coach, right? Like I you have to You have to look at the whole person. Mm. Um, And and in fact, the more I look at the whole person, the the easier it is to help them build their their business. But fundamentally, when I'm looking at someone's business, I'm looking at where they they are now and where they want to be, right? And then I'm looking at the fastest path to getting there. What like what's the fastest path to cash, right? To be just really fundamental. And how do we, like the Venn diagram, that's the fastest path to catch, but does that fit how they want to show up in their lives, what they want to be doing, the, the things that light them up? Because if you create a plan that that is on paper, fantastic, but it isn't anything that someone actually wants to do, they're not going to do it, right? It's just going to create more headaches. So we have to look at what the person's genius work is, what they really like to do, and, and, and to, to approach business that way. And then all the stuff that we've been talking about comes in, right? The spiritual side comes in and I look at what's stopping them from executing right now. Like what is the, what are the subconscious sabotages that are, are really stopping them from executing right now? And then what are the tactical things? You know, there is, a huge component of building business that's, you know, tactics and strategies. Like what do they actually need to learn and put in place that's going to move the needle for them?
0: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Okay, um, so we've come full loop back to the unstoppable woman. Um, And you said earlier you do work with men, but primarily you work with women. Would you say that women still are disadvantaged in business?
1: I really don't like to look at that Pers- from that perspective because okay. i think if if you stake a claim that i am disadvantaged then you become disadvantaged you live that out you know I, i'm pretty sure that the research still says that women make less money uh, salary rise than men and that there's all sorts of um inequities but so systemically, I'm sure that that exists. Okay, I'm 100% sure that that exists systemically. However, in different cultures, women hold a larger percent of you know, the jobs in different industries. There's all sorts of different uh, ways to look at this. But as an individual, you need to look at it as, what do I want in life? And am, am I gonna go for it? Instead of looking at what what, is, what are they doing to me? Okay, take back the agency, take back the ownership, take 100% personal responsibility for your outcomes and go create what you wanna create instead of looking at the, you know, the patriarchy, right? But, I mean, and, and that, that might irritate a lot of people by me saying that. I, I, I understand that there's a systemic patriarchy out there that, it, that that exists, I'm not denying that. But if you really want to grow your life, grow your business, look at yourself and change yourself that's what's going to make the biggest difference unless wow. unless your purpose in life is to change the patriarchy if that's your purpose then let's work let, let's do that that's your that's your business that's your work in this world okay
0: Who who are your ideal clients
1: oh they're really driven ambitious women they're they're kind they're generous they're smart but they've hit some sort of wall they've hit that limit and they they keep doing that thing that i used to do which was just push harder and i'm not I, I want for the record to to go down saying like work ethic is important okay work ethic is important but you have to be someone who knows has discernment and knows when to work you know go hard and when to go more with the flow and, and allow things and, and be able to receive. So it's, it's women who really want more for themselves, want like, as, as maybe pat as, as it is, like I grew up in the United States, there's a lot of like inspirational thinking, right? You can be anything that you wanna be. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I had that, and then I had all the noise that says, no, you can't, and you can't be this and this, and you can only have this and not this. And you can't be smart and beautiful. You can't have a family and a career. You can't be rich and generous, right? Like all these, these negative connotations. And so the, the, my ideal client is someone who wants it all. And I know that is both triggering and inspiring. And I've, I love to show people how to take that personal responsibility in creating it in all aspects of their lives. Because the financial part is, it's just, it's like super important. Like you gotta, you gotta learn how to create, create as much money as you want whenever you want it. Like that's an important piece. But along the way, you have to have this great life because otherwise, what's the point?
0: So. Well, it's the journey, isn't it? It's not necessarily the destination which you're looking at, which is so important. Yeah. Um, do you teach people how to keep their money? Because there's a definite difference between making money and keeping money do you because you talked about earlier on about scaling people's businesses and building businesses but if people have are successful financially there is this whole element of keeping their money safe secure ready for future generations do you you help them with that as well
1: so i'm not a financial planner so that's i have clients who are and i can recommend people you know that understand like the financial Uh, tools for, for, for that. I will say that I, I really help people in that scale side of things, that growth side of things. That's like 85% of what I do Mm -hmm. in terms of if we're looking at this, but the the 15% is how are you treating yourself? And, And part of that is like, how much money is in your bank account? Does it feel poor? And scarce, or do you feel abundant there? And how do you start building? Because entrepreneurs will spend all their money on building their business, mm-hmm. okay? Ask me how I know, okay? like, like, and, and it can be a real trap. Like you keep making more money, but you keep spending more, so you have nothing and you feel poor, even though your standard of living has gone up greatly. Mm-hmm. How do you start becoming someone, like that identity piece, becoming someone who... Has a flush bank account, right? Who has savings? Who has uh, all the things that they that make them feel secure? So there's a process for that, but the the sort of financial planning, assets, and things like that that's not my that's not my specialty at all.
0: It's absolutely fun, don't worry. Um, so when I was doing the research, it was impressive the different industries that you've helped people in. Um, I haven't jotted them down, but I, uh, from 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 memory, there was. There was, was there sports, there was, there was medicine, there was doctors, there was all sorts of different types of people that you've worked with. Um, is it the same process across, across the board or do you flex what you teach depending on what their industry is?
1: I would say yes and no. So fundamentally the, the process for achieving your goals faster than you ever thought possible is the same Regardless of what industry you're in, regardless of whether you're going for a financial goal or you know a health goal or a relationship goal, the mm-hmm. process is is the same. However, obviously if i'm I'm talking to a landscape designer versus a lawyer, there might be a different uh, business strategy yeah. for them or you know I work with creatives as well like with actors, right That's going to be a different strategy in terms of the tactical steps that you do but fundamentally the the methodology is the same
0: and um and and when i was looking on your website it said that you uh there's tactics that you you employ for people to 5x their income in less than a year now that's quite that's quite a a thing How, how do you do that
1: how do you do that? Well, how do you do that? Can you
0: please do that for me, please? No. no you know, in not. five
1: minutes, please. <laughs> yeah, tell <exactly>. me, right? <laughs> but yeah, just uh, talking okay. around sort of how
0: your approach to be able to do it, because it's, it's quite, a, quite a thing to be able to do that in less than a year.
1: Yeah. So here's the thing. You're, I'm going to do this as, as succinctly as possible. Sure. You're, you have a self-image. It was built, it was created when you were very young under the age of, say, 10 more or less. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you created meaning both about yourself, your self image, other people and the way the world worked under the age of 10. And it goes into your subconscious. It becomes a a program that runs automatically. Mm -hmm. The beliefs that you have about yourself or your self image. If in in your subconscious, particularly your self image, your identity of who you are, Mm -hmm. tell you What to think about everything that comes into your world, all the opportunities, all the experiences, the news, but also the person saying, hey, you want this business opportunity The you know, here's an investment you can make in yourself. Do you want to take advantage of it? All of that is coming into your world. You think you're making a conscious choice. Yes, no, that's a good decision for me. That's not a good decision for me. But in fact, your subconscious is telling you what to think about all those things okay? Richard Branson looks at opportunities that comes in, come in differently than I do, differently than you do, okay? Mm-hmm. And that's based not just on his experience or how much money is made, but his self-image, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. So COVID is a perfect example of this. Many people had, financially, their businesses had a hard time, and that was something that was coming in from the outside world, and they had a particular perspective about how to react to it. Mm -hmm. And it caused a certain kind of reaction. Now, Mm -hmm. some industries were hit harder than others. And there's all sorts of variables to this. But fundamentally, a person can either look at this as an opportunity, or look at this as something happening to them. That's their Mm -hmm. self image. Okay. So to answer your original question, if I can help someone change their identity, change how they see themselves, their self image. They will look at everything that comes into their world, meaning every single decision that they make differently. Mm. We get different results by taking different actions. Mm. We take different actions by making different decisions. Mm. Okay, So if we can change that cycle, you start becoming someone who gets different results because you're making, you're seeing the world differently, you're making different decisions based on that. You're acting differently and you're getting different results.
0: So that whole that whole idea of self-image, I think is really an important one for, for most people because some people can see themselves poor and some people can see themselves rich and, or whatever degree, generous or or, 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 or tight, whatever. Um, I think that idea of self-image is something that's really important. And I think that, that makes a lot of sense being able to, do that in less than a year, your self-image is, is, is hugely important for that. Um, okay. So what's the plan for you in the sort of next two to five years or even 10 years? What's, what's the plan?
1: Yeah, it's a really good question, Mark. I don't know that I can answer it (laughs) truthfully and honestly with a lot of clarity, but I know in the next two to three years, 10 years is a stretch for me. Okay. Um, Two to three years, we're really scaling our Spirit of Wealth Mastermind and Masterclass. It's our flagship program. It's where I help people with just the, the kinds of things we've been talking about today. You know, that self-image piece, um, setting stretch goals, staying, staying committed to those stretch goals, staying accountable, not going off course. Mm. Really, I love working with women in, in community. It's not a, the, the women who, who work with me they, they're entrepreneurs and they feel isolated at the top, if you will, or their family doesn't get them. And to be able to create a community where you're understood and you're supported, that is very, that's very impactful for me and emotionally satisfying for me. So that's, that's the spirit of wealth. It's an it's a incredible program to scale that self-image, scale, scale the self-worth and, and really help people achieve goals faster so that's what we're really that's what we're really growing yeah
0: okay good luck with that okay okay we're coming to the end of the interview there are i asked the same six questions to all of my guests uh they're quickfire questions they don't need quickfire answers uh first one is what's the best decision that you made we'll be back after a quick break coaching conversation 2024 this podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast.
1: Hiring my mentor. It was, and I will tell you, it scared the bejeebers out of me, Mark, because it was a six figure investment, six figures, not multiple five figures, but six figures. Okay. It was like, "Ah!" and I, and I came home and, uh, my husband didn't talk to me for three weeks because he's like, what the hell did you just do? Cause I didn't, you know, I was, I was betting the farm pretty much. Right. And uh, but it also gave me a lot of leverage because I wasn't going to lose my marriage over it. And I wasn't going to um, not get the return on investment. So that was the best decision. And and it started a whole process of really stepping spiritual laws and stepping into to my purpose and my truth so uh, I that would be the best decision
0: yeah. awesome what's the best piece of advice you've been given
1: what's the best piece of advice that I've been given be true to yourself and and that that sounds a little pat but there's so much underneath that that you have to work through. Like, what is it? Why are we shrinking in this world? Why are we making ourselves small? And what would it what would it take to really own ourselves? And just a little little extra aspect to this: the law of compensation says you'll be compensated according to the need for what you do, your ability to do it, and the difficulty in replacing yourself. If you are a full expression of who you are and you're true to yourself. Not only will you wake up every day doing what you love, but you are incredibly difficult to replace. No one is you. You're not a commodity anymore. And and therefore your compensation goes up as well.
0: Awesome. I think I already know the answer to this next one. Who's helped you most in your career? Maybe maybe you mentioned someone that give a shout out to someone else that's not your mentor.
1: Oh, okay. Who's helped me most in my career? Not my mentor. Well, can I give you two? Of course. Okay. I'm going to give you three. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> my mother and my father, for, for very different reasons, okay? And um, that was a surprise answer that popped into my head because they're, they're not necessarily, they haven't been in my business with me. But my my father really taught me excellence and persistence and dreaming. And all of that's really required in business. And my mother... Uh, was a small business owner and was uh, in business for herself. And, and I think she taught me that sort of, again, that bulldog kind of persistence and um, uh, determination. Mm. Keep going. Even though she she has her own limitations and would never have done what I did, she taught me a lot there. And then the third would be, you know, I have a great business colleague that grew up with me. Like we had parallel Uh, business paths and that she has taught me because she's a different human being um but because we were on the same path we could like compare notes and I just received so much um reflection and goodness and, and and a different kind of um perspective from from walking the path with her
0: fantastic do you have any regrets
1: nope 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 (laughs) <laughs> i mean i've made a, i've made a ton of mistakes okay like yeah. like don't take that to mean that i have never made mistakes but i don't believe in regret Re- regret means that you're still stuck wishing that you had done it differently mm-hmm. and i'm that's not true because i've learned so much from every single mistake, I would not be able to, to have my life, run my business, be the person I am. I would be a less good person, right? Mm. Like internally, if I was stuck saying I did that wrong, instead mm. of learning, learning from that and, and growing from it.
0: Awesome. Thank you. What are you most proud of?
1: Mm. Creating my life. Okay, I know that sounds a little like, why am I not proud of someone else or something, you know, less humble. But, you know, I I grew up a really sort of classic middle-class lifestyle and, you know, family upbringing with all sorts of mental and emotional limitations of like what was okay to be in this world. And I had a lot of emotional... um, constraints like worry about being rejected worried about doing it right feeling limited and trapped and like people were going to reject me and it was keeping me small mm-hmm. and it's very common I mean this is a really common common thing and I can honestly say that although my business is still growing and like I have more growth like I'm, I'm not going to stop growing I feel so proud of breaking through those internal barriers to self-expression, emotional freedom, feeling good about who, who I am in this world Mm -hmm. and, and feeling being free. And, and that came through the journey. It doesn't come from book learning. It comes from really. You know, taking those risks and putting the spiritual laws into practice, testing them out for myself, mm. and realizing that they're the truth, and then then you get to feel ah, it's like it, it, freedom feels so freaking good, you know. That's
0: amazing, thank you. Um, what does legacy mean to you?
1: Mm. Yeah, I my the legacy that I want to leave is really being an incredible teacher for other women who you know are smart hard workers you know but feeling trapped in their lives Mm -hmm. and and I want to lead that methodology I want to give people that toolkit so that they can you know do it initially with me get that support but then like run with it like being like if I can help other women and men, because there are men who reach out to me behind the scenes, right? Like to, to have this level of freedom in their lives, that's what I want. I want as many people as possible to be able to experience this. It's, it's like, it's so amazing. I just want-
0: Do you have the, a, do you have yeah. a number? Do you, this isn't part of the question, but is, do you have a number of who you want to help?
1: I- don't, you know, may, you know, Mark, that's been something that I've thought about a lot. You see these mission statements, like I want to help 10 million people do X, Y, and Z by such and such a time. Right. Mm-hmm. And it you can feel it when, when people really own that and it is something that motivates them. So I've mm-hmm. been toying with that, but a number hasn't dropped in for me. Um, but ask me again next year. Maybe I'll have one. The
0: best answer I've had for that was someone recently that I interviewed who's he does the financial planning, the wealth creation, he says it takes five years to to learn across all different assets to keep yourself a recurring income and The best answer I got was to that question was um so he was uh so the cultural divide here he's a supporter of Newcastle football club, so soccer, and uh their stadium is like fifty five thousand people fifty two thousand people. And he said one day in the future, he wants to pack out the whole of the stadium with people that he's helped. And I, I thought that, that was so cool. That is such a great way of defining how he's helped people uh, to be able to pack a, a football stadium. A totally.
1: Stadium. Yeah, it's such a visual, right? It is, it's, like, it? it's amazing. You're, like you're, you're all in there together. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. no, I okay. love that. I love that.
0: Okay. Um, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you?
1: Absolutely. So best place is the unstoppable com. We have a free stuff page where we have tons of downloads and resources. So the unstoppable woman.com slash free stuff. Our podcast is on all the podcast places under the unstoppable woman. And we put out, you know, sample coaching calls. We have lots of mindset teaching. We have tactical things there. So interviews, all sorts of good stuff that you can check out and then if you're a woman in business, I encourage you to join our free Facebook group called Be Unstoppable. If you, if you um, search Facebook for Be Unstoppable, you'll be able to join us there. That's where we sort of engage and hang out and talk about stuff. So all of the, those are the three top places. And, and we're on all the social media channels, so you can find us everywhere.
0: Brilliant. All right. Thank you, Amira. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: You're so welcome. Thanks for having me, Mark.
0: Thanks a lot.